Thanks, Suzanne. Hi, everybody. Great to see you here today, friends. Um, I know many will be recovering from Christmas, um, time with family and too much food, and um, others are away, of course, um, got, got their way to the coasts. Um, but this is weird times, isn't it? And uh, hard to try and process what we're in the middle of at the moment, but let's pray that God will speak to us really in a fresh way today, that, um, that our time together is not a, a thing we have to do, but a thing that we've been delighted to do because we come in contact with the living God as we come to his word now. So let's, um, let's pray for that refreshment upon us. Our Heavenly Father, it is such a privilege to be able to gather together, whether here in person or online, so that we can now hear your voice as you speak to us in your word. Father, may my words um, not get in the way of your words. May, uh, may my words um, help us to see more clearly what it is you're saying to us so that we can go away from here having heard you speak. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to the last Sunday in 2020. And for many of us, perhaps the nicest thing we want to say about 2020 is good riddance. Although we've not yet um, uh, out of the grip of COVID-19, I think most of us would be hopeful for a slightly better 2021 than what 2020 has delivered us. Drought, bushfires, floods and the virus have all added up to a year we would rather forget. But I want us to take a moment today to reframe 2020 and actually be thankful. For I want to suggest that we have a great cause to rejoice this morning and celebrate together, as we do every time we come together. Because none of the difficulties we have faced this year have made the slightest difference on the rule of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. COVID-19 may have thrown our world into chaos, but our God is still sovereign. Jesus is still Lord. His word is still spirit-breathed truth. And God's great plan for his people has not been diverted by even a millimetre. Psalm 100 that Suzanne just read for us reminds us of the God who made us and the God who has redeemed us. The God who will never let us go and from whose love neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from him who has securely held us in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so as we come to this last weekend of the year, I want us to get excited again about the God who has rescued us, about the God who loves us, and the God who we have the very great privilege of serving as we approach a new year. For this psalm, is all about God. It reminds us that our hope is anchored here in the character of God. In the overall structure of the book of Psalms, this psalm in the middle of book four speaks of the one sure answer and hope in the midst of God's judgments. If book three from Psalm 73 to 89 is, as it's believed to be, a collection of psalms addressing the crisis in exile, has God abandoned his people? Has um, God um, abandoned his promises? Then book four, the Psalms from Psalm 90 to 106, provide God's people with their only hope in the mix of darkness, the unchanging character of God. 
who not only makes promises, but keeps his promises. The psalm itself falls easily into two halves. Each half contains an exhortation, something we're to do, and then the reason for that exhortation. God's people, we're told, are to make a joyful noise to the Lord, to be glad and to sing, and then we're told why. And then in the second half of the psalm, they're told to give thanks, to praise God and bless God. And then again, we're told why. So a pretty easy psalm, five verses. I thought I'd take it easy at the beginning um, uh, after Christmas. So here we go. I don't know if you've ever realised this, but both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the basic posture of God's people is one of joy, of excitement, of delight. We see this uh, repeated over and over again in the Psalms. Shout for joy, make a joyful noise um, to the Lord, and so on. But we also see it in the New Testament. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Through um, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not um, see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Such a contrast, isn't it, to today, where depression and anxiety, deep sadness and fear are more prevalent than ever before. Of course, the world tries to combat these with the gods of this age, material things, entertainment, pleasure, success, but they never produce the contentment and fulfilment that they promise. And yet, why we who know the living God still suffer in the world, just as much and sometimes more, the basic posture of the believer is meant to be the one of joy, thanksgiving, praise, glad, cheerful, warm-hearted service and singing. Now, that's a bit of a sore point at present, of course, but why is singing such an important thing for us who are Christians? Why does it feel like we've been robbed during this pandemic of something that just kind of wanted to burst out from us? Well, it's because singing is how we express our joy. It's the way we praise our God and rejoice in who uh, He is and what He has done for us. But, you know, there really is a very good reason for us to have joy. Not all the time, um, I guess, um, does um, joy come naturally to us. Not as often as it should, I suspect. But when we stop looking at ourselves and look at the one who has saved us, when we allow ourselves to focus on God and all He is and all He has done for us, there actually really is something to get excited about, something to sing about. Look at verse 1. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. That's the first of the exhortations. Then verse 4. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. You see, there's something right and good about joy, that smile that comes from deep within. There's something good about delight and gladness and singing, even if you can't sing in tune. That doesn't matter. It's what bubbles out that matters. Or whether we're prohibited from singing under a health act in a global pandemic. That's a bit of a pain, but there's something that comes naturally to us. And it was right and good when the darkness was felt in the exile in the Old Testament, Far from home in a foreign land, it was a good thing. It was something encouraged. And it's right and good for us to respond in this way too. Even in a world that's rejected God and scorns those of us that follow him. Why? Why should we express our joy like this? 
Well, this is what the psalm seeks to answer for us. The reason we as God's people can be filled with joy um, and express it in singing and thanksgiving is found first, verse 3, first reason, know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. I guess you could summarise the first part of the answer from this psalm as to the question why God's people should be so joyful is because of who He is. Because of who He is. The Lord, the God of Israel's covenant, the God who out of His fatherly perfection gave His only Son so that we might live. He is the living God. He is the only God. Know that the Lord, He really is God. He's not just some tribal mascot or deity. He has not been made or formed by us. No, He really is God. There is no other. And His power, well, it's not our power, but bigger. No, His power is an entirely different kind. Not given to Him, not, but natural to Him. Not just uh, used to secure Himself, but exercised freely and generously for the creatures that He has made. And his justice, it's not just our justice, but bigger. No, his justice is uncorrupted, uncompromised, pure and right, and perfectly in accord with his character and life. It's not a post upon him, but arises from who he is. And his love, it's not like our love, but bigger. No, his love contains no measure of self-interest. No lack within him that kind of needs to be completed by us, his creation. Instead, he has given himself freely and fully in making us and redeeming us. We ought to rejoice for he is the real deal, not just the product of our own imaginations. But more than that, he has made us. He gave us life. We're not the product of our own making. There's no such thing as the self-made man or the self-made woman. Now, the psalm's emphatic. He made us. We are His. He has claim on each one of us. It's He who gave us life, and we owe everything to Him. But it's more than this. The psalm says, for we are His people. You see, God is the God of covenant. When He promises, He promises that at the beginning, I will be your God, and you will be my people. And he walked with his people from the very beginning. He is the shepherd, and we are the sheep of his pasture. You can hear the words of Jesus kind of ringing in this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The sheep know me, and I know them. A picture of gentle care, of intense interest, and determined commitment to the care for his sheep. You see, he is our God, he is our shepherd. And so it's because of who he is that we have every reason to shout for joy and make a joyful noise to the Lord, coming before him with singing and gladness and deep, deep gratitude because of who he is. He, is the, uh, he alone is the one who gives life. He is our creator and he redeems life. He's our saviour and that is why we sing, because of who he is. I wonder if we forget all too often to stop and allow ourselves to delight in this God. Most of us live busy lives going from one thing to the next. 
rarely making time to be still and know that God is God. I know it's true for me, going from one thing to the next, juggling work commitments, ministry, family and friends. I mean, I know all sorts of stuff about God. I have the privilege of spending a couple of hours each day, most days, preparing for the next talk or the next group. But stopping to delight in God, stopping to praise Him, to allow myself to reflect on His character and be thankful for who He is, too often gets squeezed out by the next talk I need to write or the next person I need to follow up, the next thing I need to do. Friends, we have an amazing God and we would do well to take these next few days before this end comes to an end to reflect on this to draw comfort from his sovereign care, to draw strength from his power at work in us and wonder at his love for us. So the psalm said, the reason we are to have joy, the reason joy should be bubbling up in us, first and foremost, is because of who God is. Well, then we come to the second block of reasons why we should be thankful and filled with joy. And they can be found in the last verse, verse 5. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Where the first answer as to why we should praise God is because of who he is, the second answer in verse 5 is because of what he is like. And there are three great characteristics of the living God. His goodness, his love and his faithfulness. Friends, is that your testimony about God? Is that your boast of what God is like? Your experience of what he has done for you? Is that what you say to others about the God you serve? That he is good, that he is loving, that he has been faithful? Is that the God you know? Is that the God you serve? Are you able to say with others at the beginning of Psalm 34, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Because he really is. Everything about him is good. Now, of course, that's not to say that everything's going to be easy. It's not, it's not so we're shielded from disappointment and sorrow and sometimes even deep grief. But life with God is still good because God himself is good. Being known by him is the very best thing on offer in all of reality. He is good because in him there is no compromise, no self-interest or malice or impatience. Even his anger arises out of his goodness as he will not sit idly and watch injustice done and people hurt by their own decisions or by the decisions of others. His goodness has a positive and a negative edge. Positive because he delights to give us good things. Negative, because goodness means that he will always say no to that which is evil. God is good. Life with him is good. And it's worth taking some time in these next few days, as crazy and difficult as this year has been, to delight and praise God for his goodness to us and the many good things he has done for us. You'll see them as you look back over this last year. Secondly, God is love. He's not just loving, but at his very core, he is love. He's a definition of what love is. God's love is shown in his steadfast commitment to seek the welfare of those who are his. 
Because of His love, we can rely on Him. We can trust Him. When the clouds above are dark and the steps ahead are uncertain, we know that His steadfast love endures. When you disappoint yourself and you know that you've disappointed Him, still His steadfast love endures for us. You see, God's love, it's not volatile. It doesn't ebb and flow like our love often does. It's unmovable. It's certain and it's secure. And you can delight in it knowing that as one of your, as His children, saved by Jesus, you are truly treasured and kept by him finally god's faithfulness is just as reliable just as secure as paul said reminds us in 2 timothy 2 here is a trustworthy saying if we die with him we'll also live with him if we endure we'll also reign with him if we disown him he will disown us if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself you know there's very few things that god cannot do I guess that's one of the great things about being God. Nothing's beyond you. Nothing's too hard. Nothing's impossible. Well, not quite. For God cannot lie. He cannot be unfaithful and he cannot deny himself. Friends, there's very good reason this morning for us to rejoice and praise God. Despite this crappy year we may have all had to endure... Because of who God is and because of what God is like. He is God. He made us. He's our shepherd. We are his people. What's more, he is good. His love endures forever and his faithfulness stands for all generations. This psalm, the first of the noughties, Psalm 100, anticipates a day that is yet to come. But a day that will be glorious. You see, we don't yet see his name praised and honour throughout the world as it should. We do not yet see him acknowledged as creator of all, the good shepherd, the Lord of all, the only God. But the day is coming when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And then the unchangeable reality of who God is and what he is like will no longer be hidden. And when that day comes, those of us who have great cause to rejoice in him because they are his, will shout with the loudest voice, and the celebration rallies on that day will shake the entire planet. But until that day comes, because of who he is and what he is like, let's make a joyful noise to the Lord. Well, in a COVID-safe way. Let's serve the Lord with gladness. Let's come into his presence with singing, even if at the moment we're restricted to the shower. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and courts with praise. Let's give thanks to him and bless his name. Israel needed to hear this message as they faced the darkness of exile, away from their homeland, away from all they knew. But I actually believe we need to hear this afresh today too, as we finish a year that, well, few of us will forget. Let's let these words remind us of the God that we serve, the God that we love, and the God that loves us. Let's pray. 
Uh, Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this reminder of who you are and what you're like. And we pray that our response will be one of thanksgiving, one of singing, one of joy, because we are yours. We are your sheep. You are our shepherd. Father, if we're not yet yours, we pray that you will help us to see that life without you is meaningless. For you are our creator. You are truly God. You're not a figment of our uh, imaginations, but you are true. And so, Father, we pray that all of us will go from here being reminded again of who you are and what you're like. Amen.